Hit the lights. You've discovered the Half Watt Podcast. We want to educate and entertain by tapping into the most trusted source of new technology, the ones installing and innovating it. You, the tradespeople that build from the ground up. Join us as we talk with industry leaders, veteran contractors, and even some young blood. Welcome aboard. So today I want to lecture a little bit about where you fit in, and that's actually going to be the name of this lecture. Where do you fit in? Let's suppose you're a, an apprentice and you've just turned out your uh, big-time journeyman now. You're minding your own business as you do. You're out there installing equipment, having a good time, and you look around and you go, I want to be an installer, or I want to be a salesperson, or I want to be a ops manager, or I want to be a service manager, or something like that. Let's just stop and consider something for a second. Are you really where you should be? Do you want to change when you just, let's say, got your license? I'm gonna, I'm gonna kind of challenge you here to think about that. If you're, uh, if you, if you, if you have this goal of reaching a very high, I don't know dollar value in your world or, or you want to you want to be you want to manage everybody and that's that's been your thing or your shtick all along well then you know I, i'm certainly not going to tell you not to do that but what i am going to tell you to do is make sure that you know what it is you do before you start changing because the world will change around you whether you like it or not so let's just suppose you're you're a security person and you've you you're, you've been putting in security systems as an apprentice and you're pretty good at it. You turn out, and uh, oh, you're great on on DSC and you're great on DMP and you know, boy, you know that Bosch stuff pretty well. And that, and you can and you can handle almost all the installations without a problem. Well, then you want to sort of sit back and evaluate where you're at and whether you're on top of your game or if you just think you're on top of your game. And by talking to other technicians, by comparing yourself to, to what they're putting up, the way that they're programming, understanding everything that's going on, you'll become a subject matter expert. And some people can do it in months. Other people, it may take years. Some people never become subject matter experts. But the more you work with something and the easier it becomes and the more confidence you gain, it's 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 it can be misleading because about the time you think you've got it figured out, the big one comes or the big issue comes or the change comes. And and these changes can be, they can come in from any oblique. You can be working along and, and you, you've got, you've got your programming figured out. You've got your installation figured out. Up, oh, your wife gets pregnant or what, you know, you're, you, you have to move or you have to change jobs or things or things go awry. Something that you didn't expect. Uh, happens and that will throw you for a loop so if your if your technical prowess begins to suffer uh all of a sudden now you know you're not keeping up with the, i'm gonna say this but keeping up with the joneses so to speak so you, you always have to be aware of of what's happening what your situation um, situational awareness is and are you in the right place and are you fitting in doing what you're doing now the 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 more you do something be, and it becomes routine and you become very good at it uh, the trick then is to not become pompous not become well I'm the best there ever is and no one's better than me uh, that type of ego uh, can drive some people uh, into riches and other people nuts. So be careful. Make sure that you do truly understand it. Make sure that you do truly grasp all there is to grasp. Then begin to share that knowledge. If you hold that close to your chest and don't share it with anybody, if you know how to program a Bosch system from stem to stern, and you're the only person who can program that Bosch system stand to stern because you're convinced if you teach this guy or you teach that person over here that, well, they may get something that you're not going to get, then you may want to evaluate <laughs> what you're doing in this gig because sharing information and making sure that your, your workmates are operating at a level that you're at is a part of electrical apprenticeship and a part of turning out as a journeyman. 
if there are other folks out there that you're running into that are telling you something different, I invite you to have them contact me at this podcast and let's discuss that. Uh, that when you when you hold information close to your chest that you do not share with other technicians, and I'm certainly not talking classified information, I'm certainly not talking uh, proprietary information or stuff that's only known to your company, I would never ever ask you to do that. But if it's stuff that's code-based or if it's stuff that is, that is legit, um, unique to that equipment, and some caveat that, that you know that the person next to you don't, doesn't know, begin to share and let that information out. Now, that Keeping that close to your chest is a type of personalized power. There's a lot of people who play that game of holding that stuff in. Uh, I'm not one of them. I've never been an advocate of that. And there's a dozen reasons why I could go into them all here. All I'm going to do is bore you. Trust me when I tell you, making sure that the people who are beneath you can work at your level is much more important than reaching the brass ring or the gold ring and going up the ladder. Now, that being said, let's suppose you are really good at what you do and you have shared your knowledge and your data and you are sharing your programs and you're making sure that, that, that you know, a rising tide lifts all boats, everybody's coming up with you, you're doing your best to help out. When you become that subject matter expert and you become that, that uh, repository of technical data that you can share with other people, other people are going to start contacting you and they're going to start asking you questions. And hopefully, if you're in a company that isn't too, um, too backwards, uh, they're going to probably toss you more responsibilities or at least begin to hint that they want you to take on more responsibilities. Uh, or they may just toss you into the fire. Uh, I know that that's happened uh, to me on more than one occasions. You wake up one day and you're, you know, Joe Schmuckatelli, the technician, and by the end of the day, you're Joe Schmuckatelli, uh, technician and foreman and field project coordinator slash superintendent slash whatever. Those things happen. And when they do, um, you need to really do a quick assessment of not just your technical knowledge, but a whole new set of skills that you're going to have to have. And those skills in management and understanding uh, what you've just been handed, what your responsibilities are, and more importantly, what your authority is. Okay, and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to say this again. The most critical piece of understanding when you uh, when you start taking on positions of power or leadership is understanding what authority you have over what. You cannot be responsible for something you have no authority over. Now let that sink in. You cannot be responsible for something you have no authority over. If you're driving the car and you smash into somebody, you were driving the car. If you got in a crash, you were driving the car, or the other person was driving the car and they smashed into you, whoever is in control of that vehicle is the person responsible for smashing into the car. If you're a passenger in the car, you're not responsible. Okay? Because you have no authority over driving the car. You may own the car in which case you're liable, or your insurance may be, but if you are not the person operating the vehicle, then I doubt very seriously that you're the cause of the problem, unless you somehow cause the driver to do it. So yes, there's always some technical wormhole you can go into, I'm not, I'm not trying to get us there. What I'm trying to say is that you need to understand where your authority is and what it is and what the boundaries of that are, and you need to sit down and draw that out. I take copious notes about what I'm doing and when I'm doing stuff. I'm always writing, I always have a pen in my pocket, and I always keep jotting things down. Most of that is for a memory aid uh, for the way that I learn, because I have a specific learning style, and that's part of the style, uh, and I have no qualm sharing it with anybody. It's just the way I learn, the way I, the way I use my memory. I recommend you do the same thing. So. 
let's just suppose you get tossed into a position where you're now the foreman or the superintendent or or the 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 field field person on this job. What do you do? Because often uh, you can quickly become overwhelmed if if you go into a situation and uh, you're up against a general contractor who's upset. Uh, I have been in, uh, oh, I can't even tell you how many situations where I walk in the door and the GC's just got his hands on my throat going, what's going on here? I don't need to do this, blah, 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 blah. You know, you're, you should have been here. You should have done that. Where's your crew? Where's this? Where's that? Oh, my God. I've more than once had to go, whoa, time out, Holmes. Let's, let's, let's discuss this for a second, okay? We haven't even we haven't even danced yet. I'm Mike. This is me. This is what I can bring to the table. What is your name? What is your issue? Let's talk about it. Okay. Nine times out of ten, I can usually get people to back off and calm down. The 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 tenth person out of ten, I may have to headbutt. Uh, not in real life, but uh, it's not uncommon for me to go. Okay, stop. Right. We've 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 reached a point where we're we're not we're no longer we're no longer having a good discussion. You're just yelling at me. I'm not going to sit here and be yelled at. So, understanding what where your authority is and what you have responsibility over is your first clue. So sit down your your first job. Sit down, write it out, figure it out. Then start to assess what you have. What are your tools? What are your skills? Like, do you have the skills to do this? Because most people, when they get tossed into the fire, realize pretty quickly they didn't have what they needed to put the fire out. Oh, wow, I needed a fire extinguisher. I didn't think of that. All right, well, better have one of those. So make sure that you've got the tools and, and figure out what those tools are and and begin to, to piece this together. Obviously, getting names and, and getting information is, is, a, is a key here. And the pieces that you're lacking those need to go back to whoever you report to on your company or, or whatever to get clarification on. Now, it's a common trick uh, as a manager put somebody in a position to then put all the onus on the, the newly uh, crowned whatever you are at that point to say, well, you should be able to figure all this out. Okay, that is bad squeeze. Anybody who hands you a job or hands you some sort of work needs to be able to lay out the scope, okay? And when people are getting upset with you or they're not listening to you or they're not understanding why you're, why you're not just uh, picking up with what's in their brain, that's when you need to step back and very carefully and correctly address the scene and address the situation. You can't do that getting angry. And I am a person who, uh, if you push all the right buttons, I'll get angry, uh, just like any other human. Uh, generally, everything goes out okay, but I have, I have, as people who know me know that I have zero problem going from, you know, we're now at, at, at a level 10, and one of us is gonna have to walk away for a bit because that's it, it's just gotten that hot. Now I'm much better as I get older, but I have definitely been pushed to the point where I'm like, okay, I can't take this anymore. We need to figure this out. Uh, and being in this room with you isn't the way to do it. You don't want to go to that point. I'm in my late 50s. I want to let everybody who's younger than me know that there's a much better way to handle it than getting that upset. So take my advice and don't, don't get it to that point. Don't let it get to that point. Step back, assess. Even if you have to go to the bathroom, well, hold on, got to take a got to take a break here. Uh, go sit down there and get your head figured out what you're doing, where you're going. Get a strategy together. So uh, I've talked to two folks this week. Both of them, um, uh, one was an apprentice and one's a journeyman. Who uh, just we happened to stumble into this in the conversation. They both have been handed some uh, significant changes in their jobs. And in both cases, that's what I recommended was that they sit down and sort of figure out exactly what it is that they have and what they don't have. So <clears throat> that, that, is, that is a critical piece of, of managing and moving forward is to know exactly where the dividing lines are and where they're not. If they're fuzzy, clarify them. If they still remain fuzzy, then 
you may have to take the initiative and do it. I've always been of the mindset that if if a manager hasn't told me no, and it's not going to break the bank, or I'm not going to, uh, or I know it's not against the rules, I'll do it, like no problem. You know how I, I, you know, you ordered, you ordered these things. Uh, I didn't give you permission to order these things. Well, I'm, I'm put to you this way. I needed them. I asked you. You didn't have a response, and I did that. What am I doing here? What is my job here? If you, and this is me talking to a manager, if you haven't defined exactly what it is I'm supposed to do, then, and I need it, I'm going to come to you once, I'm going to request it. If I don't hear back from you because you're too busy or you don't have a good answer and the clock is ticking and I've got a job to do, I'm going to take the ball and I'm going to run with it. If you put me in this position and you ask me to lead, this is leading. If you put me in a position, ask me to lead, and then truncate everything I do, that is not leading, okay? That is being a tool for you. Do you need a tool or do you need a manager? Do you need a binky or do you need someone that goes out and does work? And I'm not trying to say this as a smart aleck. I mean this with full sincerity. I have more than once looked at my manager and gone, if, you, if we do not do it this way, it will fail. This is the choice that you have. Either do it this way or do it that way or tell me what you want. And if you can't tell me what you want, then I will do it the way I think is right. And if I fail, then I'll take it on the chin. But if I get it right, then back off and stop telling me how to do my job. Okay? Those little tiny steps that you can take in leadership are just like learning how to fix a system. And just like learning how to troubleshoot, and just like learning how to order parts, just like learning how to, how to you know, cost all these things correctly, each one of these skill sets are arrows in your quiver. And they're good for either advancing up in your own company or taking all your arrows at some point and going, that company over there looks like the grass is greener, I'm going to go try it in that place. Because this is a very fluid job and this dynamic may not work in the same office 5, 10, 15 years down the road. I certainly have tried my best to stay in places uh, as long as I possibly can. And most of the time it's worked out. Other times I just get to the point where it's like, this isn't, this isn't, I'm not compatible with this. Things have either changed to the point that I can no longer do what I'm supposed to do or I don't feel comfortable here. And that's generally when I go, okay, I don't, I, a change needs to happen because I can't sleep at night. And losing sleep over a job, it means that you're not doing the right job. It really does. It means that you're not, something's not right and it needs to be, needs to be corrected. In the process here, uh, looking at where you fit in and how you, how, if you're a, if you're a, a, a cog in the gear train, or if you're one of the main gears, uh, figuring out where you are in that isn't isn't something I say that you look at and then go, well, I'm this little cog, but I want to be that big gear because of fill in the blank. Okay, ego, money, um, prestige. I don't really care. Whatever, whatever you want. Those some of these some of these drives that that I've seen people have uh, are admirable. I can certainly I certainly know people who have who have eclipsed me in in both making money and and running things. I I take my hat off to them. I just think that's swell. That is not necessarily me, and it may not necessarily be you. It may be you. Okay, you don't know yet. But as you start to move forward, if you get this drive where it goes, you know, man, I, I teching's fun and, and hanging stuff on the wall is great. And boy, being up on a lift is uh, all the fun I can have, uh, you know, on a Tuesday. But I think what I really want to do is I want to sell. Okay. If that's your motivation, then do what you've done. Get your Get your skill sets figured out. Get your licensing figured out. Do whatever you have to do to get those qualifications done and move into sales. 
There's, there's certainly nothing wrong with that. But do remember that every advance forward that you take, remember where you came from and remember that the folks that you're walking away from, the folks that you've worked with, the technicians that you've helped train, the apprentices that you've helped put to the system, if they're still in the same company and you're still working for them, uh, they may still come to you for technical expertise and they will always look at you as somebody who came from their ranks. Don't destroy that. Don't stick your thumb in their eye. So make sure that you go back and go, hey, guys, you know, I, I, I did the tech thing for years and uh, you know, I, was, I was pretty good at it, but I became a salesperson and and uh, here's your here's the latest thing I sold, and I made sure I didn't give you all the information you need, so you would have just as terrible a time in the field as I did. And I hate to say that with uh, with that kind of uh, crassness, except that I've been in positions where I think that's exactly how I felt, where someone has changed changed into a different position, and then they hand me this bucket of worms, and I'm supposed to make some sort of cookie dough out of it. And it's like, wait a minute. You know what we need here. If 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 uh, if you change positions, and you look back, and now you're fighting a whole different monster because now you've got let's just suppose it's sales. Now you've got a sales manager, and you've got quotas, and you've got to go out and and you know pound pound the pavement and make the phone calls and do all these things, all this this gobbledygook that sales people have to do. You you it's easy to look back and go well. I figured it out, they'll figure it out. That's not how this works. And it's not how it should work. If you're a technician and you're working for a company and you know that the turnovers were lacking, that the information you needed when you got in the field wasn't there, the parts weren't there, the coordination wasn't there, the permits weren't on site, the drawings weren't there, the GM's upset, all these things. And then you move into a position of leadership or a position of sales or a position of management to some degree, like a, like a project manager, fix that problem. Because technicians are technicians because we fix things. And that's what we do. And even as a guy and as a husband, I'm constantly talking to my wife and she tells me what's going on. And I, and I always have to do the thing, well, I can fix it because I can fix anything, right? Because I'm a technician. Well, no, there's not, not everything can be fixed like this. Sometimes you just have to shut your mouth and listen. Well, the same thing applies here. If you are in this position and you've, you've made notes, you've made copious notes, you know what works, you know what doesn't work, and then you change into a position, you know exactly what the pros and the cons were of where you came from. So remember what it takes to do that job effectively. Five minutes of work on your time can save a technician in the field an hour or two and frustration. Not only do they become a team member that wants to work with a person who's changed positions, no matter what they are, uh, they, you may actually in, you know, kind of incite them to uh, invigorate them to change. You know, hey, look, I, I, I moved from, from, from being a technician to being a salesperson and it worked out well for me. Maybe that's something you want to look at or maybe it's not. But please don't forget where we're at. If you decide that, hey, you know, being a manager or being a salesperson isn't, isn't your cup of tea, there's nothing wrong with that. There's nothing wrong with being a good technician a good installer, a good whatever, whatever you decide to become, and just being better and better and better at that. Because not everybody that you meet has this desire, you know, to reach for the gold ring. Not, not everybody wants to, to, you know, eclipse everybody around them. Some of us just want to fit in the machine and being a part of the machine and working with a crew and figuring out the ups and downs, the left and rights, the ins and outs of that crew is, is more important to them than anything else. And I'm wired that way. When I get into a crew, like for example, the crew I work with up in the hospital, uh, I've, I've been with these guys now for what, a year and a half. And it's, it's been, it's been delightful. I, I'd say, I'd say the best word I could, I could put on it is is I'm back at a job where 
I don't go to work with a knot in my stomach and I enjoy every day and everything I do. Not every day goes well. I've had I've had 18-hour days when things went horrible and we had to, you know, change a bunch of stuff and, you know, walk a few miles to fix it. At the end of the day, we fixed it. We used our technical prowess and our knowledge to get the system up and working and it was a success even though it looked like it was going to be an absolute failure. I had one today where at the end of the day, we had some devices in a very sensitive area that needed to be working. And I went down and the, the folks who were supposed to be dealing with it didn't realize the problem existed. I certainly can't blame them because they didn't look. I can certainly do training to say you should look, but hey, you know, that that cow's already left the, left the pasture. I can't, I can't get it back in there right now. So... I went down and started taking a look at the problem and because I've been a technician on the system for years and I and I know what to expect, I know when I do certain things what I should see and I was not seeing normal functioning from from these devices. Like they were not acting the way they have always acted for 20 years. Something is definitely wrong. And generally, I apply this to water. Water, when water gets on electronics, it loves to really wreak havoc. Well, we didn't have any water. That wasn't the problem. It wound up being a simple restart. I had to go back up, just like any other computer. Let's let's try let's try reloading you. Let's let's do a I call it a three finger salute. Control Alt Delete. Boom. Let's restart this machine and see if we can uh, start with a fresh load and see if that's the problem. And when it rebooted, that's exactly what the problem was. It came back up and everything was fine. And so sometimes systems can get themselves a little confused, especially if you have a lot of points. You disconnect and reconnect, disconnect and reconnect, put a ground fault on, take it off, uh, change things around, disconnect this, reconnect that. The systems can just get a little bit wonky. Um, they're not designed to constantly be worked on. So we reboot, put a fresh load in it, had to evaluate itself. It comes up good, good, everything's fine. And that's really all it was. So a 20 minute from start to finish, we found the problem, uh, called the folks who were dealing with it. They said, look, we'll come right back up and help you if you need it. I said, no, nah, I think let me go over and take a peek at it. Took a peek at it. Didn't act the way I wanted. Did a three finger salute. System came up. Boom. Normal. Just like that. Okay. That's my problem. In and out. Okay. You're talking to a guy who's been working on the same types of systems for Oh, I don't know, since 94. So, you know, I, I ought to know it, right? I mean, right? If you've been working on the same fire systems or security systems or whatever since 1994, I'd expect you to know how to fix it pretty dang quickly. But I wouldn't expect somebody who's only been working on the system for three or four years to know that. I just wouldn't. The very first thing I did, and I'm not tooting my own my own horn here, kids. The very first thing I did was share it with my coordinator and share it with my apprentices. This is exactly what I did. Why? As I want them to know exactly what to do the next time they run into that problem. Hey, let's all start with a bootstrap load and see if the thing will come back up the way it should, and it did. So make sure that's in your tools, and it's one of the arrows that you can keep in your quiver. This is what works on this particular system when you see this kinds of problem. So that's where I fit in the machine. That's the cog that I like to be is that is that it makes me feel good to reach out and do that. It makes me feel good um, to fix the systems and it makes me feel good to make sure that my fellow technicians are all up to speed and I want every one of them to be at my level when I either get pushed off the roof or retire or whatever happens. <laughs> I can I know that, hey, it's done. Everything is the way I think it should be. It's nice for me to exit out. I'm not leaving a deficit as I have left in other companies where I've left and it's like, I can't, I, I got to go. I hope you can, I hope you can cover all this because there's no way for me to, to, you know, teach anybody that. So at least I'm trying my best to, to make sure that I'm passing to the next generation those skill sets. So figure out where you fit in, figure out where you're best at, what you should do, and give yourself time. Um, like, like you can set goals. Well, in five years, I want to be a, I want to be a service manager or five years. I want to, 
I don't know, I want to work on this type of system or I want to do these types of installs. There's certainly nothing wrong with setting a goal like that. But make sure that step by step, you really have figured out all the little pieces that it takes between now and then to get to that point. Make sure that your installations are clean. Make sure that you're using the right stuff. Make sure that you understand the trade talk. Make sure that if someone says, hey, this is a plenum space, you look at them and go, if it's a plenum, why are my drawings not, not calling for plenum wire? Why do, why, where are my drawings? <laughs> but if I have them, why, why, do, why does this differ from what you're telling me? And this will happen all the time on a construction site. No, no, that should be run this way. The customer wants it that way. Well, it's not here. If it's not here encapsulated in front of me, it's something that's coming out of your pie hole that you want me to change. So this is, in the construction trade, a change, right? Generally, a change that costs. So, oh, it's not a change that costs. Then show me where I'm wrong. Show me where I missed this. A good general contractor, a good superintendent will go, oh, it's right here. Here, right there. This is what they want. Okay, I need a copy of these docs. Sit back, regroup, figure out what's going on. Make sure that you're doing it the correct way. When you're leading people, it's even worse because if you've sent folks out to, say, install something a certain way, and then you find out, oh, that's wrong. Now you've got a double-edged sword. You've got to go back and explain to the GC, I just blew this or the superintendent, then you've got to go back to your boss and say, whoopsies, uh, it's supposed to be in conduit and like we didn't have any conduit and stuff, so we just screwed it to the wall, wrong, we have to fix that. And so you're going to obviously get you know yelled at for that. Then you've got your technicians who you sent on this wild goose chase to put these things up, and it's wrong. Now, when those things happen to you, stand up, take it, like a technician, like a, like a manager, like a, a person should, and own it. Own it. Own the mistake. Okay? It stops with you. And just say, well, man, I sure made a mistake there. Let's not do that again. Generally, people will stop yelling at you when you go, okay, I made a mistake. And if they continue to yell at you, you may have another problem. <laughs> okay? If, I, if, if you've already admitted it and accepted it, and they're still upset, and they're still screaming and yelling and going at you, uh, you, may, you may have a different issue that you're dealing with. You may have a personality, uh, and there are plenty of general contractors and foremen I've seen like this on site, whose first reaction is to yell, scream, shout, throw things, and make you feel uncomfortable. Um, first, I don't want you to be that kind of a person. And secondly, um, those kind of people oftentimes are in positions because they're bullies or because they're thugs or because that's just the 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 way that they do well. They may bring jobs in under budget and on time, but they drive everybody crazy in in you know at the same time. Those are folks I've I like to say they fail upwards. Um, I have watched a lot of people in our industry fail upwards. People who have been promoted or go to positions that they never should have held and they should never be in those positions yet here they are and now they're in charge of this of these of these uh, projects or whatever so be prepared uh, to deal with folks that uh, you're going to look up and go um, this person's an imbecile and really doesn't know what the hell they're doing you're going to find these folks um, everywhere. They're, they're peppered throughout. The, they're not just in our industry. They're everywhere. And you're going to have to deal with them because they're not going to go away. And the, uh, the machine that cranks these people out, uh, they, it just, it, they just keep on making them. So uh, just be prepared. Now, I'm going to give you a couple of, of clues on this. When you're dealing with folks, when you're dealing with any Buddy, especially especially in a in a trade or construction site or something like that, or even even in the office, even if that's not you're just an, an office person, take copious notes about what was said, and uh, even in the middle of a meeting, if you're meeting with somebody 
and just write down, just jot notes that help you remember exactly what was said in the conversation, especially if the conversation goes into a direction where you don't expect it to go, where there might be some upsetness or who knows, red faces. Um, if you take some notes about what's going on, it, first off, you can you can break from the stares and the glares and the upsetness, look at your paper and give your brain a break. That I find is really critical. So if someone's really upset with me and I go, hold on a second, I'm going to take a couple notes. I do just like I did here in the microphone. Just take a break, put my pencil on the paper. I don't write a dang thing until I'm ready. Okay, then I write a couple of notes. And what it does is it stops the action of this person's upset and, and is trying to get you upset. You can take a break, write down what's going on, what your feelings are, what you're, what, what is happening with you, and reassess how you're going to respond. I know people who can off the top of their head say exactly the right thing, and I know people off the top of their head can never say the right thing. I don't know where you are. I don't know who you are. But I know that if you can say the right thing and you've never made a mistake like that, well, my, my hat's off to you. I certainly can't, and I certainly have said the wrong thing a lot of times. So this technique of kind of chilling and going, well, let me, let me write down what you said there. Okay, you're mad at me because I pulled non-plenum wire in a plenum space. Okay, and I looked at the plans, and at no point in time did the wire specify call for plenum wire. Okay, what were we talking about again? That redirection that I just did right there uh, can throw a manager or a, um, a supervisor right off their feet if that's the if that's the particulars of it and go okay so so the problem is is that I pulled something or my crew pulled something that you didn't expect and I looked on the plans and well oh it did say plenum wire look at that holy cow man am I wrong okay boom we've either taken on yourself or you put it where it ought to go put that issue put that monkey where it needs to go so imagine a little monkey on your back. I actually had a monkey, stuffed animal uh, monkey that I had gotten years ago from one of my kids in a conference that I would keep on my desk. And oftentimes people knew me when I was a manager weasel. I'd come in and I'd play with this little monkey and they'd tell me what's going on and I'd pull the monkey out and look at it. And that was a reminder for me to say, this monkey, does this monkey belong on my back? Or is this monkey going to go out on the back of the person who's sitting in front of my desk. Where is this monkey going to go? If it was something I could solve or handle, or if I decided to take from the technician, if they screwed up, like I have, I've had this, a technician's gone out, made a, made a critical, critical error in judgment. And uh, now, you know, the world's falling apart. I pull the middle of the monkey out. I'm looking at the monkey and going, okay, um, this technician is good and means well and knows exactly what they're doing. They made a small error or they made a big error. It doesn't matter. I'm going to take this and I'm going to, um, I'm going to, I'm going to take the punches for him. And those who have worked for me know that's exactly what I did. And I would walk up and see the boss and I go, you know what we did? I have a job going on out here and we pulled, we didn't pull plenum wire. It should have been plenum wire. It's going to cost us about two grand to fix. And you're looking at the guy who made the mistake. Boom. Done. Now, yes, the problem may have been somebody below me. My job as a manager is to shield the people below me. Matter of fact, my job as a manager is to let the people above me not know what the hell is happening to the people below me. That was my job. My job was to make sure that the only stuff that squeaked through past me to the people above me was what I wanted them to know or when I wanted them to know it or how I wanted them to know it. Other than that, it was none of their damn business because what my people did in the field was my business. I'm the one that you talk to about my people and vice versa. Uh, stuff that happened above me didn't need to go to my people in the field and how they felt, what they thought, all that stuff. The, 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 the buck stopped at my desk and I, went sure, I made sure that it was filtered the way I wanted it to filter because the orders that came down on high sometimes were completely asinine. And I'd have to go, how am I gonna sell? 
how am I going to sell this turd sandwich to my people when I know I wouldn't want to eat this thing? And the same thing is going to happen to you. The same thing is going to happen to you. It's going to ha matter of fact, it happened today to one of you who's listening. Matter of fact, I can guarantee it happened to 10 of you today. So you need to be that, that person who takes it, figures out what to do with it, whether they're going to pass it below or up, left or right, how are you going to deal with it? And oftentimes, uh, it wasn't until, you know, you, you, you get either overwhelmed or you get, you get overburdened or something like that when you just can't control it anymore. And then you're over your head. At that point, you're sinking. You, you, you might as well just figure out where the dinghy's at and how to get on it because um, there's going to be times and places and events that occur in your, in your career that you just go, I don't really know exactly what to do. And there's something called EAP. <laughs> which, uh, you know, that's where you can call out and go talk to a counselor. I certainly recommend that if you get to those points that you use them because I have been in positions with companies where uh, life, personal life and professional life, everything just got so overwhelming that I just couldn't see the, the forest of the trees and you will too. So those resources exist for that reason. Use them. Well, let me get back to where we were coming from. If you are working and you make a mistake, own that mistake. If it's one of your people on your crew, own that mistake. If if it's if it's all possible uh, to make sure that that how if you're in a position to affect that change, affect that change as positive as you possibly can for both the you know on both both halves of it is what I'm trying to say. If you've got an upset GC because one of your guys did something wrong, own that, deal with it, go talk care, go take care of your person and don't don't go tell them, hey, this GC wants to wants to get after you. Just just deal with it professionally as best you can and move on with your life and get to the next steps. So knowing uh, let's suppose you are in a position where you've been given leadership and you didn't expect it like one day you stood up and 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 walked out in the field and you stepped right into the leadership now it's all over your shoe and you're trying to figure out what your next steps are and oh by the way you're in charge of this job and um okay have a nice day and out they go if if you've made an assessment of where you're at what you've got and this doesn't take very long uh, you can go back to the person who had you step in the leadership and you can say hey uh you know i need this and this and this and this and this and they go, okay, I'll get that to you. Whoa, 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 whoa. I need a time frame on these. Right? Today would be great. Now would be better. Yesterday would have been fantastic. So what's our time frame here? Oh, well, I'll have that to you tomorrow. When? Tomorrow. Because if you tell me 8 o'clock, by 8.01, I'm going to be in your office looking through your desk for this. So let's get this straight. Where are we at? Clarify with this person or with this with this group what is going on try not to leave those things open-ended try to set a time date place whatever so that you can it's called closing if you're in a sales position it's closing oh do you want that silver or blue okay oh so you're going to get me the you're going to get me the permits and the plans because i needed the permits to be on site today and they're not there and i'm supposed to be working but i really can't work without a permit you put me in a position i shouldn't be in Where's my permit? Oh, we haven't run the permit yet. Oh, okay. Well, look, we're going to go down to Starbucks and we're going to drink coffee every damn day until you come up with a permit. Oh, well, I have your attention now. So what's the option here? If I go to work without a permit, whose throat is the electrical inspector going to choke or the GC is going to choke? Because it certainly isn't going to be mine because you just put me in charge of this project and I don't have a permit. So do I need to run the permit? What's going on? Settle these things. So just like a salesperson would go through every single problem that stands between you and success, um, each one of those issues is something that's solvable. Uh, there was a, 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 when I did some sales for a while, uh, there was a guy named Douglas Edwards who did some some tapes that uh, you can still find out there on the internet if you look hard enough, uh, was a fantastic, uh, sales trainer. It was a. This is from years ago, but he was really, really, really good. And every time he had a um, 
a, an objection when he was closing, he would look at those as objections. They weren't stopping the sale. They were, let's solve this problem, let's solve this problem, let's solve this problem, let's solve this problem, and now we'll close. And that's exactly the way it works if you're project managing or if you're supervising or whatever it is. Okay, this, 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 this. We spell it all out, figure out what the what the things are, and then you begin to hold people accountable on both sides, both your technicians and the people you're working with. That will help you figure out what your next steps are. Now, you become less of a screw twister, you know, EMT bender, and more of a of a person who's actually now handling paperwork and, you know, things like that. You're 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 the you're now you're now jockeying something entirely different than what you expected. So be prepared at that point um, to like put your hard hat up and put your tool bag off because uh, you know you may need to wear a tie every once in a while or you may need to change the way that you work depending on on you know how this applies. This lecture is just a general lecture, so I'm hoping that it it catches you uh, to where you understand. Now, I talked about people failing upwards, uh, people being in positions that you scratch your head and go, I don't really know, I don't really know why, I don't really know why this person's there. I don't like this person. I, uh, you know, boo. Okay, you certainly have the right to have those feelings and you certainly have the right to share them however you want to share them. I would try to, to not share those as, as publicly as possible and try to hold those cards close to your chest. But um, it's something I struggle with. I really do. When, when, I, when I run into people that are so bad at what they do and, I, and, I, and the onus of what the shortcomings they have falls directly on my shoulders and I've done all the steps I just laid out to you today, like, hey, I need this. When am I going to get it? Oh, you'll get it next week. No, that's not good enough. Give me a date and a time. Hey, I'm not going to give you a date and a time. You're going to have to just trust me. Hey, I don't trust you. That's why I'm I'm putting you in this position. I want this. At some point, you're going to come to the realization that no matter how hard you try, no matter how hard you want, no matter how hard you pray, if you're a praying person, or no matter how hard you cajole, you're not going to get what you want from this person. It's not going to happen. You have been sold a bill of goods. You have been sold London Bridge. So what are you going to do then? What are you going to do? How are you going to handle it? How are you going to handle it when you don't speak weasel and they do and you're having a tough time trying to, to unfold and ascertain what the next steps are, okay? Those are where, uh, that's where the rubber meets the road for people. Uh, and that's where you're going to need to sit back, regroup, and figure out if A, you're in the right place, B, if this is what you want to do here in this this particular group of folks, if uh, if this is really how, uh, if this is real, is this the life you want to live? Okay, I'm certainly not saying that. Oh, up, oh, I'm a throw. You know, I didn't get what I want. I'm a, I'm a I'm a throw my tools out and run out the door. I'm not saying that. What I'm saying is is that is that there may be skills that you don't have or that you need in order to get the person or, or get the, the, the things you need, or you may be the person that has to do it. <laughs> yes, that's, the, that's the, the laugh of experience. Suppose the only person that really is responsible and really can get the job done is you. So suppose you take on that burden. Well, okay, I asked you for the permit. You didn't run the permits. You don't have the permits. I need the permits, blah, 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 blah. I'll take it upon myself to go get everything done to get the permit signed so that I can move forward with this job, right? Uh, I'm certainly not saying don't do that. I'm certainly saying when you do that, be aware that you are enabling the person to fail upwards even faster. <laughs> so uh, don't do these things without documenting it, okay? Don't do any of these things 
without documenting it. The reason I tell you to write these notes and the reason I tell you if you're sitting in a meeting to, to take copious notes is so that when you come back and say, hey, remember remember the day when we were in this meeting? And remember when you said you would have these permits for me by Tuesday? You remember when Tuesday came and went and you didn't get them? And you remember when I went out and I was going to key your car until I got the permits? I'm teasing. Don't key anybody's cars. Um, this is... This is where we're at right now. So when you sit down with that person's manager or your manager and go, in order for me to do this, I need this, uh, this, and this. I am at a point where I cannot get this, that, or that. Take the monkey off of your back and hand it to the person who should be carrying the monkey. That will be your boss. If your boss is unable to handle the monkey, take it to the boss above that and say, I'm here with a bucket full of monkeys. <laughs> Where do I start? Who do I see? How do I get this done? And always do it in the context of, hi, my name's Mike, and I'm here because I need to get this job done. See, we have this contract we've signed with uh, ABC something something. And I need to get this thing done. And so, like, I got these things. And all I really need is this, this, and this. And I'm not having much luck. And I was hoping you could help me get those. Never go, this guy is an imbecile and can't do what you said he's supposed to do and can't get me my information because now you're starting with a negative. What you want to do is come in and go, hey, I've got these issues and I need help solving them. Can you help me solve these issues, please? Boom. Always talk about what the problem is, not who the problem is. As soon as you personalize it, you're dead. You're dead. Doesn't matter, doesn't matter how bad the problem is. Doesn't matter if this person uh, shot your cat. There's nothing you can do at this point. Trust me when I say this, kids. If you personalize the problem, you're dead in the water. And and you're listening to the voice of, of experience. I have burned myself countless times getting so frustrated and saying that this person is the problem like I need a scapegoat and that person is the scapegoat if you are pointing at people and finding that scapegoat you should sit the same penalty box as me my friend because uh, we can we can uh, we can sit together and stew and eat all the popcorn together you want because I'm not in a position of high leadership and management because I got to the point where where I was so embittered and so frustrated with this, having done all the techniques I laid out for you folks tonight, all of them. I've used every one of these techniques ad nauseum uh, for years. And I've reached the point where I'm tired of using all the techniques to do what needed to be done. And I just said, I don't want to do this anymore. This isn't for me. What's for me is to go find a machine that I fit into with a crew of people uh, and do that work and, and just stay in my lane and do that. That's what I'm good at, and that's where I needed to go back to. And that, my friends, is why I'm no longer managing, and mainly, I don't want to go back and manage. It's just not my cup of tea. Am I going to make a billion dollars? I don't know. I don't really care. <laughs> like I'm not in this to be the richest guy in the world. I'm not going to make it there. You're not going to make it there. None of us are going to be the richest person in the world. We may be the poorest if we continue, but we're definitely not going to be the richest. But what we can do is find a place where we are comfortable and happy with what we are doing, where the balance between my work life and my home life is right. Everything is a yin and yang. Everything is a yin and yang. It's all in balance. If I'm working so hard that I'm no good for my family, for the rest of my balance, I'm not. Things are wrong. Things are out of balance. If everything at work makes me so damn mad I can't see straight, I'm not in the right job or I'm not doing the right job or my head's not in the right space. A lot of this comes to when, when you're dealing with um, performance bonuses and things like this and profits. It was, uh, how do I say this nicely? If I, 
every single time we talked about bonuses for me in the jobs, and I've held a couple of jobs where I was receiving bonuses on a regular basis. If I did my job effectively, the bonuses came. If I did my job specifically for the bonuses, I missed something somewhere. I had reiter have reiterated that. I have said that so many times in bonus reviews and stuff like that that I it makes me it makes my head spin to say it again. I don't care about the damn bonuses. I never cared about the bonuses. What I cared about was doing the best I could do with the hours that I have. And if I do the best I can do, the bonuses will reflect that. But if I'm manipulating and twisting the system to try to make something out of nothing, then I'm, 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 that's not the way the machine was ever supposed to work. And, and I'll, and I'll, I'll make, I'll make the comparison to taxes. I know folks that, that, uh, do taxes to the nth degree, every single business expense, every single, every single thing they can claim they do. They track it all. They're good at it. That's the way their brain works. That's the way they, they want their taxes to be. They, they, I, I mean, when I had a small business, that's what we did. We, we, we itemized everything. We did it all right. I had a CPA. She was excellent. Um, we got done with our business and sold it. And the IRS came and knocked on our door and said, Hey, guess what? We want to audit you. Okay. I had that CPA sit down with that auditor for months and months and months and go through everything. And because we had a CPA involved, everything went fine. We, we were off on a couple of things, which we gladly paid for. And that was it. It was worth every penny I had to, to have a CPA in my business worth every penny. Now, I'm not a CPA. And so in my personal world, I don't want to have to track it. I don't, I don't wake up in the morning and go, God, you know what I really want to do is figure out what I can itemize today. That's just not the way my brain works. It just doesn't. And yours may be wired that way, but mine's not. Uh, I wake up and I go, okay, I already know what I got to do at work. I know what's going to happen there. I know, you know, but I could walk into a complete crap storm. It's not going to be the last time or the first time it's ever happened to me. And there's all kinds of trials and tribulations that are going to hit me. But where I'm at, where I'm at in the matrix works out well for me. It makes me happy. It pays the bills. And I don't really need to go to the moon. That's just not where my where my, my goals are. But I'm also in my late 50s. You could be in your early 20s. You may want to be that CEO. You may want to be that general manager. You may want to be that regional manager. Just don't be the one that fails up. That's all I ask you to do. Be the one that has integrity. Be the one that has, that has made the right assessments be the one that is technically competent. Be the one that knows the code well enough to say, wow, I can, I'm pretty good at this. But when someone walks up to you and says, hey, that's not right. You're not doing that right. Look at them and go, why am I not doing that right? Well, that's not to code. Help me figure out what code I'm violating because I do my best to follow the code. But if I'm missing something here, you've got to show me what that is. Like you've got to share it with me. Oh, well, it's right here. It's in 70. It's right, right here. It says you can't, you can't tie that to that. Oh man. You know what? You just saved me a whole bunch of trouble. Here's my business card. My name is Mike. Now somebody who showed up to say, Hey, you did this wrong could wind up being somebody who could help you further your own career or help you open your horizons or broaden your horizons could help you understand something that you didn't understand. They could be completely backassward and wrong. They could be completely wrong. They could just be jerks. You never know. But you're going to you're going to catch more flies with honey than you are vinegar. So let's see if this person's right. Let's learn from them. What if they go through and they and I had this happen to me. I had a client one time. We went to get paid on a job. And I said, "Hey, remember we did all this work here?" And the guy goes, "Yeah, yeah, yeah." But uh that was wrong. And 
in you know if you look up in a PA seventy two, it talks about it. And I went, oh wow, was, uh, okay. Let me go back. I went back to my office and I looked it up, and I knew what he'd said, and I knew what the code was. I wrote him an email, wrote him the code reference, showed him why I thought I had done we had done the job correctly, and politely said, "This is why I, this wouldn't make sense. Let me give you an application of where if I did it your way, it wouldn't work out right." Sent the email off. Immediately I went, holy cow, we didn't even think about that. You're right, done. Signed the job off and we got the check by a week later. So, you know, there was no adversarial relationship. There was nothing wrong with it. It was just they had an interpretation of the code that was different than mine. Uh, my My interpretation of the code was based upon all my training and all my years as a tech and the fact that I have all these good resources behind me. I don't know, like a whole plethora of people who also know the code, like nice set fours and stuff like that. Hey, man, have you ever seen this? Oh, yeah, yeah, this happens all the time. Shown this. Boom, answered the problem. You could be that. That could be you. That could be me. That could be all of us. But if we're working towards that goal, where you know NFPA 70 and you know NFPA 72 and and 101 and I know it and the guy next door knows it and we're looking at each other's work and we're all performing it as the best we can and every once in a while we see something that's like, "Eh, I was was right on the edge there. You know, we can discuss it and figure out how to make it better Then we're advancing the cause in the electrical world and in my case, the fire alarm world, and in your case could be security or access control or fire or whatever it is you do, then we're moving forward and not behind. And and that's that's the goal. That's the goal is to get better and to get everybody around us better. And it is working, folks. It is working. Because I go into buildings and look at the look at the stuff that's installed in some of these newer buildings. And and I know, because I have newer buildings. I am I am in awe. I have no issues, and I'm going to say this out loud, even though I might be jinxing us. I have a new building uh, that was installed, and I mean, the system that they put in there is bulletproof. It is, it is, it has had no issues. Matter of fact, all the new systems that they have put in have had no issues. We've had hardware issues. We've had pieces of equipment fail, but that, that's, that's not on the installers by any stretch of imagination. I have had so few installation related issues that I can honestly look up and and say when I see installation issues or I run into them, I need to sit down and talk with those folks to make sure that they understand just how critical it is that we not have that happen anymore. And that's exactly what we did. We had a sit down discussion with some folks. We all got on the same page. And we all walked away as friends and we and they said, yep, we'll make sure we're, we're doing that standard. And I said, okay, then I'll make sure I'm helping you out here. That's exactly what we did. And that's what I want you to do. Kids, I want you to make this place better than the, than the way you found it, okay? I want the code, which is always getting better and always improving to be better each time you use it. Every time you install, every time you tech, every time you touch something, every time you troubleshoot it, every single obstacle you face, you share it, you move that information forward, you help others become as good as you and you learn how to be as good as the person next to you so that we're all getting better at this, please. That's all I ask. I want to look at my notes, make sure I didn't miss anything. A lot of times uh, you'll find that some uh, some companies can kind of, uh, uh, the word I like to use is compartmentalize, where they'll have a, a group that does this and a group that does that and a group that does this and a group that does that. And oftentimes they communicate in channels that are sort of, um, you know, maybe electronic or not necessarily physical, but you know, the person who does your drawings may not be the, you know, me may never see that person. They may be some distant place or the person who does your permits, you may only see once every two months or something, but they're out there doing their job. Breaking down those barriers is uh, a key to being successful. So try to do that. 
try to make sure that if you do happen to be in a company that's pretty compartmentalized, that you've um, worked across the aisles to help smooth those relationships. And you may have to like be that that person. You may have to be. You have to, you may have to go out of your your comfort level here to be that person to sort of make up the difference. And sometimes that can backfire. Oftentimes it doesn't. But sometimes if you're the person that's reaching out and helping um, grease the skids, it actually it actually works out fairly well. But I hope that's uh, I hope that's uh, that's what happens here. Anyway, that's what I want to talk to you about today. I hope that you enjoyed the lecture. As always, please email us. Um, I would love to hear from you folks. And we've got some uh, really exciting podcasts coming up and some uh, nice uh, nice changes coming your way. So I think you'll. Thanks for listening to the Half Watt Podcast. We always want to hear from you, and we encourage you to email us at halfwattpod at gmail.com with questions or even your own stories. Funny, crazy, or praiseworthy, we want to hear it all. You can follow us on Instagram at halfwattpod to stay up to date on our feed. Be sure to subscribe wherever you listen to podcasts. And share us with a friend, the best way to help us grow. The Half Watt Podcast is a production of Now Hear This Studios.